0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. I'm Aaron Flanagan, joining me this week on the panel, uh, first of all is Matty Lawless. Matty's back, how are you doing mate? I'm good, yeah, not too bad. Good stuff, and uh, after quite a long absence, I, I think, uh, Mark Jones is back, how are you doing mate? Did Do you miss me? Um, No. Okay. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a while, it's been a, a, it feels like a month or so since you've been um, on here.
1: Yeah. yeah, combination of some well-earned time off and, and you know, just doing work and
0: things, yeah. yeah, well earned in inverted commas, obviously. Uh, no. No, yeah. No. Uh, anyway, we're going to start with the uh, Premier League, as always. Um, we're going to start with a team that we don't normally start with, and that's Watford. Uh, Watford are four out of four. They are level-pegging with Liverpool and Chelsea at the top of the Premier League table. But, I mean, what an incredible start to the season that they've had. Uh, and Matty, I'm going to come to you first on this one, simply because uh, you tipped them to, um, well, not have this success did you? Yeah admittedly I did
2: yeah I was I was struggling actually with the the third team that I think was going to go down this season and I I still believe Cardiff and Huddersfield will go I know it's very early in the season but Watford I mean I wasn't the only one and Javi Gracia was probably the favourite to be sacked first but what an incredible job he's done and four wins out of four you know Watford people are already saying that are they this season's Leicester I think it's a bit too premature but what they have shown is that they're going to be pretty um, difficult to beat at home
0: yeah I mean they have, obviously they had three relatively winnable games um, mm. early on um, I think they played Brighton right. and uh, Burnley and Palace yeah uh, so you know, quite an, an easy fix but then Tottenham yeah. game obviously Tottenham go 1-0 up through a pretty comical own goal and you, you kind of think oh well, yeah okay we, we've actually got normal Watford back but no, they came back and they, they've proven they might potentially be uh, a dark horse this season for getting into Europe.
1: Yeah, I mean it's quite um, quite ironic really because obviously Spurs were Spurs are essentially because of the situation that's gone on with their stadium. Watford have been the beneficiaries because Watford have had more home games than than other teams. So of their four fixtures, three have been at home. Uh, so essentially, the fixture that was against Tottenham would have been the other way around if Tottenham yeah. had sorted themselves out with a stadium. So and their next game is home to Manchester United. So it's going to be four out of five. It's going to be at home. So. They benefit from that, but um, they've really made it count, haven't they? And, and uh, they they have a style about them which I think uh, is difficult to play against for the bigger teams. You saw Spurs almost kind of crumble, didn't they, when they were one nil up and they um, they started, they started getting bombarded. You got Troy Deeney up there, you got Andre Gray, you got the defenders who come up, and obviously Cathcart got the winner. Um, they tend to mix, you know, that with with some quality play. Uh, Roberto Pereira has been excellent. Will Hughes is a very good player. I've got a mate who's a Derby fan who keeps saying he should be in the England squad. Um, so, you know, you never know it could happen. So, um, yeah, they, um, they've they been very good. But as I say, they've, they've benefited from being at home.
0: You mentioned the England squad there and also one of the other names you mentioned. Troy Deeney? It, it, should he be in the England reckoning?
2: Because, I mean, what a start to the season he's had. Why not? I mean, like you say, he's been he's had a great start, does he start an England team, I don't know, but he's, a, he's certainly a good option to have, and I'd love to see him get the opportunity, I think he deserves it over the last few seasons, he's, he's proven himself as a, a big handful in the Premier League, and he's, his attitude, he's a winner isn't he, he, he just wants to win games, so he's, he's a great leader for Watford, and I think Watford, uh, they're going to surprise a lot of people this season, but they do need to keep their feet on the ground, and they're almost a quarter away the there aren't they, and they've just got to keep going and making the most of their home games as Jonesy says I had think a-
1: just on England the uh, retirement of Jamie Vardy has opened up a, a yeah. spot hasn't it and you look at Deeney or maybe potentially Glenn Murray, who are quite sort of different strikers obviously to Jamie Vardy. But if you wanted something different in that squad, then, you know, they're both in great form.
0: Yeah. Um, if, I don't know whether you've just seen my notes, but a little further down as we get towards like the international break, I do have Glenn Murray for England because I know that you wrote that uh, yeah. in, 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 in a piece uh, yeah. o- o- over the weekend. So uh, another potential option there. Um, just thinking with Watford, then uh, how far do we actually expect them to go? Where do we actually expect Watford to finish? Because, all right, okay, they're up there in the top four at the moment, but the top six is I mean, pretty exclusive uh, has been for the past few years hence why well, they have this name of the big six can they
1: get in there um, no not top six uh, I think they'll be mid-table I think there's a you know you look at those teams that they beat before Spurs you know Brighton Burnley and Palace and there are a lot of teams who are sort of like that in this division who you could almost throw a blanket over in terms of they could finish anywhere between 8th and 15th and um, they won all those games and fair play to them because those are the games that are ultimately going to prove crucial in terms of if you're going to be battling relegation or if you're going to be comfortable. Um, it's the wins over teams like Spurs that are, that are the ones that make you stand out. And um, and again, as I wrote yesterday, I think Spurs would now be, after losing that game, Spurs are going to sort of be banking on Watford being a hard place to go for the other top teams because they need, you know, they need to almost get those points back don't they um, so I think they'll have a good season I think it's they're going to get into that sort of Crystal Palace Leicester mode of being a hard place to go mid-table
0: team and that's fine for them isn't it yeah. Uh, Matty, do you have any case for top six or, or do you agree with Jonesy?
2: No, I think, yeah, I agree with that entirely but I will apologise to every Watford supporter for predicting that they go down because it looks already that I'm hopelessly wrong on that one. Yeah, I'm know.
1: really happy that I was off the day you did all the predictions. I didn't do any. Always, in, I'll do mine in April. Is that right? They, yeah, they're, yeah, they're cheap, always yeah. difficult to
2: do but like I said, I stand by two of the three that i predicted but Watford, well done, what a start. But Tottenham... I've got to say, that's a real missed opportunity. I know that they didn't have Larissa in goal, a couple of changes, but they can't go from beating Manchester United and playing so well at Old Trafford to losing to Watford. With the greatest respect to Watford, Spurs have got to go and win games like that if they want to be genuine title contenders. And that just showed you, um, after the game, how upset Mauricio Pochettino was with his players. He, He didn't hold back, he hammered them for that. He knew that they should have got something out of that game.
0: Yeah, the the thing that struck me with Tottenham during the game was kind of a, a almost a lack of creativity. They didn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I think this credit a lot goes to Watford for the way they defend and the way they obviously limited what Spurs did. But obviously the likes of Lucas Moura very, i mean
2: kind of just didn't look half as, as effective but as he did at Old Old Trafford. Um, it was a different game, wasn't it? And sometimes, you know, that's where you've got to be able to adapt your game and have a different game plan. And against teams like Watford, we know they're a bit more competitive and they're going to be a bit more physical, then that's where you need to have something else to to show for them. And Spurs didn't. And that's yeah. why they lost the game.
1: Don't think Harry Kane's quite in his groove yet either, is he? Um, uh,
0: he never is in August,
1: September now. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, I think he's. <laughs> uh, they 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 look to just be lacking. they were sort of curiously passive in the game for me. They 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 got that goal, which was very fortunate, and didn't really seem to react to it, and didn't um, create many more chances. Really, did they? I know there was a couple <laughs> of sort of misses that you think they should have scored from, but. I don't know, I mean, it's, obvious, it's an obvious criticism because of the lack of signings, but but they, they didn't look to have any other sort of plans to me. I know Son was missing, who's normally a good player for that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, it, but I it, just feel that they need to add that kind of bite to their team, and they need to be a bit tougher, yeah. is, is this and the, bossing those other clubs around, you know? Is, is this the summer transfer window maybe catch up on them, the fact that they
0: couldn't bolster the squad anymore? and. Are they limited to just that eleven? And and there isn't really a plan.
2: If if it is, I'd be very worried as a Tottenham fan because you know after four games in the season, that shouldn't be an excuse. Look, you can just write it off as it was a poor afternoon for them, but they've got to learn lessons from that game, especially if they want to break into the top four. Let alone challenge for the top. There was an
1: interesting point um, Jermaine Jenas raised actually last night where he said, um, "You don't often see Tottenham win games when they're not playing well." Uh, you know, they almost need to play well to win games. And you look at this weekend, Liverpool of one not playing well. Yeah. City of one while not playing particularly well. Um, and you just feel as though Tottenham haven't just need that sort of thing to grind through games
2: sometimes. That's the difference.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, moving on to uh, other members of the top four and up there. Um, I'm going to go to Manchester City, the champions first, uh, simply because you just mentioned them then. Uh, they played Newcastle, they beat Newcastle. Um but from a personal perspective, I was really disappointed with City. I just feel like there was none of the the swag that they had last season. There was none of the almost like cockiness and deter- you know, can you know, you know the same approach they have. Of the, I almost feel like City have already lost a little bit of the <laughs> well, thing. I think he have been a little bit spoiled. I um, really. I'm, I'm <laughs> m- maybe, well, what
2: would be worried is is Le- Leroy Sané. Yeah, wasn't in yeah. the squad, was he? Yeah, I'm, and you know, he's obviously had a difficult summer, not getting in the Germany squad hopefully whatever's going on there he can resolve those issues but uh, I feel that they missed Sané on Saturday yeah I, the, the thing with,
0: with Sané that, that gets me is that he, he has always been inconsistent I know he went and won the I think it was the PFA Young Player of the Year I think he won at the back of the last season but he's always had a bit of inconsistency immensely talented lad but he just doesn't seem to do it game after game after game really and, young, no, isn't he? and he came off the bench in the game against Wolves and mm. Look sloppy. Whereas you thought he was going to come on, and he's going to be the person who goes on to win the game for City. He was sloppy, and maybe that was the reason behind him being being dropped for the squad.
1: Um, um, but yeah, I mean, the, I think he's probably reacting to obviously Marad has come in, um, hasn't quite perhaps clicked just yet. Sterling's playing well, obviously, you know, scored a good goal, but yeah. I think City. I think City will be fine. Newcastle are a hard team to play against, aren't they? You know, know, Chelsea had had trouble kind of breaking them down. It's it's, it's in Newcastle's best interest to make it a bit of a dull game. And I I think Rafa Benitez, if you'd have asked him um, before, potentially before the Chelsea game and before this one, are you going to lose by one goal? He may have even taken it. You know, because I think he probably, the last thing he would have wanted would have been an absolute hammering at at City. Um, And I thought Newcastle, whilst it wasn't the best thing to watch in the world, they. They did their job and they nicked the goal the only time they went forward, didn't they? I just think City you know, it's alright. You can win it's 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 okay to win by the odd goal now and again, you know, and, and, and I think City will be slowly getting to it. my my concern with City personally is um is is the midfield when they play against the, the better sides. I don't think Fernandinho is the player he was before. And I think if he you know, to expect a full season from him, having missed that on Jorginho in the summer, um, yeah. to expect a full season from him could be could be an issue once the Champions League starts again. So I think, as we've seen with a lot of teams, all the teams at the top, essentially, just getting the points at this stage yeah. is crucial.
0: I'm probably being a little bit overly critical of City, simply because finishing second is a disappointing season for City. Mm. Um, they have to win the league, otherwise they've failed. That's the, the top and bottom of it with Manchester City. And um, when you look at Liverpool start it's now a very real possibility that manchester city don't win the league. um jonesy from yeah. liverpool's perspective obviously you mentioned earlier on this podcast um they didn't play too well hmm. uh, against Leicester. yeah but they got the job done that's surely surely a really positive side uh, yeah. sign for, for it's liverpool. it's been a
1: theme. it's been a theme really the start of the season i don't think they've been terrific. um oh, in- against west ham even that though, I don't think it was that. They they Which just got the job done in that. I mean, I think was it that was just West Ham
0: being. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I think that. they
1: they they've gone through the gears. They've they've um they've found ways to win games. I thought they were quite poor at Leicester to be honest in the second half, especially. Everyone's talking about the goalkeeper, but I'm not really that bothered well, about that. up
2: until that point, though, he was actually having a decent game, and he did after he made it Made some well. good saves. He like, did
1: after and it. He just I'd, had a moment of madness, didn't he? Yeah, and but I I honestly don't really think it's a big of an issue because I think he, he'll, he'll do these things again it, 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 if anything it's going to make him yes. think twice before doing something like that but he will still do things like that yep. that's why Liverpool signed him
2: well he? uh, yeah he's a bit of a maverick isn't yeah he? and
1: he and he started attacks in that way he did it um, to a lot of degree against uh, Palace and Brighton in the, in the previous two games there was one and it's interesting to hear what he said his comments on it because he said he felt he was fouled and he said he felt he was fouled for the one the week before against Brighton when Glenn Murray just caught him and the foul wasn't given either time. And I wonder if he's thinking, I used to get a foul for that in Italy when this happened to me. Yeah. Um, and now it's all oh, well, but I don't get given a foul in, in England, so maybe you won't do it as much.
0: It was interesting watching, um, obviously, because he had the thing against Brighton where he did the the, the chip, chip. The, yeah. the chip, which uh, Jurgen Klopp was fuming with. Um, and I don't I'll- really want to see keep
2: take chances like yeah. that. Do you? he's the last line, isn't yeah. he? So, but
0: obviously, like, like we said, that's the sort of goalkeeper that Allison is. He yeah, likes I to think, think it's, a bit. if. You take this out of his game as maybe it's going to seem like he's going to have to because Klopp wasn't happy. Well, he's not been happy on two yeah. match days now with mm-hmm. things he's done. Are you potentially making him a worse goalkeeper?
1: Um, maybe. I mean, I I, know, in terms of in terms of the traditional goalkeeper things that we expect to do, he he made a good save in the first half. Um, he came and he caught crosses. He did all the things that, that as as Matty said, he had a good game. So um, I think he can still be that goalkeeper without this. Um, I think Liverpool, and you saw it in pre-season, right from minute one when he came in and he his debut against Napoli in the pre-season game, and straight away they were knocking the ball back to him and it's almost as though they wanted to test him out on this. And it's interesting what Klopp said in terms of he was almost happy that it's happened in a game like this where they've eventually won and early on as well because at least then he he knows the limits, I think. And I think it's one thing to say... Stop doing it completely. It's another thing to say, carry on. I think you'll you'll see something in the middle. That's um, that's the
2: key point today. It came at the right time, didn't it? They won the game. So in yeah. the grand scheme of things, nobody got hurt, did they? But like the what last- he did enforce to Alisson was, look, you cannot take gambles. You cannot risk the team result on individual moments like that. And what he needs to realise is that the intensity of the Premier League as you allude to, Jonesy, is far greater than what it would have been in Italy. We so, all, we, we, we all you remember get time to, to dilly
1: dally. We all remember what happened the last time a Liverpool goalkeeper made a mistake in a meaningful game, which mm. was the Champions League final. Now, if you're going to do it in a game, do it in a second half against Leicester in early September when you're two nil up and you win the game two one, and you're top of the league. So I, again, I, I just don't see any issue with it. And I know people are going to have this narrative about him now, and maybe the next game it'll be a thing. Um, I think he's looked fine. He's yeah. he's he's uh, certainly an improvement.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll go back and judge Allison then when he makes his second error. Yeah, and, uh, and then and, and and see what the time differences are between them, if, mm. if if it happens, say in in the first game back after the international break, mm. maybe question marks should be yeah uh, should be asked. Um, moving on to the rest of the uh, top four, big six, however, uh, Manchester United um, back to winning ways. Exactly what Jose Mourinho needed but it wasn't all quite plain sailing for manchester united because it <laughs> never
2: ever is, nah, is.
1: um <laughs> find a way to have stories around games haven't they and yeah. uh, it can't just be a 2-0 win it's a 2-0 it no win plain sailing as well
2: are not it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure
1: it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 2-0 win with a missed penalty with a red card with a banner over the ground um and that's not a routine win is it so uh look i think they played well in the game and uh, actually very well really i know burnley aren't the burnley that we that we know but it's still a hard place to go and um, first half they were very good Alexis Sanchez was very good um, and obviously Lukaku getting get his couple of goals which is what he's there for um, second half obviously things went a bit awry but um, they got the points and, and that's really all they need now because they're playing catch up aren't they
0: yeah uh, Marcus Rashford anyway his he, he, red card um, he's gone and stuck his stuck his nut into um, Phil Bardsley one of the you know more experienced well players on the pitch somebody who clearly was trying to wind him up Um and succeeded. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a bit foolish from Rashford, isn't it? When well, he's been, yeah, I mean, he's Mourinho been, said he was
2: naive. Yeah. But I think what it does show, that there's a player who's committed to the course and yeah. he wants to play for his club. But if he weren't interested, he'd probably just walk away, wouldn't he? So I, I don't think it should be too critical of Rashford. Look, he's made a mistake. He knows he can't get away with that. In terms of, look, was it a proper headbutt? No, it wasn't, but... As um, Mark Clattenburg pointed out, any kind of physical contact where you direct your head towards an opponent is an instant dismissal. Yeah. So he needs to learn that quickly. And there's other ways around. Look, well, what Deli Ali had this problem, didn't he? Where the youngsters mm. they kind of they can get lured in by a seasoned pro like Phil Barsley. Yeah. You know, they just got to be a bit bit more streetwise and and. Yeah. Don't fall into the trap next time, but yeah. I don't think it's a, a necessarily a bad thing. It's just a shame, one, was this, this
1: time. He's always seemed like a bit of a choir boy to me, Rashford. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it was a bit of an odd one. Um, I think he, yeah, I think I agree with all that. He, um, it was a red card, but at the same time, it's it's a learning thing for him, isn't it? And in a similar situation yeah. to to Allison, if if you're gonna make yeah. a if you're gonna make a mistake, then do it in a game you win. It doesn't cost you the game I know he's going to be suspended now for a few games but he, he again he's not he's, he's not got sent off in a big champions league game or anything like that has no, he? and like
2: he's Allison, he's, he's held his hands up straight away to his ricket yeah, and yeah. gone, look it's not gonna happen again so fair play to him yeah
0: can't deny that it's come at a bad time for him when he's trying to work his way into the team yeah could have been shot. True. now he's definitely on the sideline for three games and it's uh from his own personal perspective not ideal well, um, I mean I,
1: I think his development has been stalled anyway by, 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 by the signing of Sanchez, which I still maintain they didn't need to do. Um, I know he had, a, I said he, had a, he had a good game, but both Rashford and Martial are right, I think, to be a bit annoyed by that. Um, yeah, you're right. It, it, his development is being stalled anyway by coming on for half an hour in these games. Yeah. Um, and he's probably, again, if you talk about both him and Martial together, Rashford is probably the one who would not Try and push for a way out of this situation because he's yeah. from Manchester, isn't he? He's got he's yeah. all that. Marshall is the one I think who you might see eventually um, go their separate ways. But yeah, you're right. He'll learn from it, yeah. um, and it will be fine. Yeah,
0: uh, good week for Jose Mourinho anyway. He, uh, very much needed anyway. He, he had a win, had a bit of good publicity. Obviously, going seeing the um, the disabled section when he went to watch the under twenty three game. Uh, handing his
2: coat into the crowd after the game. He's doing a lot of these things at the minute, isn't he? um, He's very clever management. Yeah. The the last thing he wants is the fans on his back because as soon as he gets the fans on his back, as David Moyes encountered and Louis van Gaal, both are out the door. So he's very smart, just buys him a little bit more time. And that's all he needs, I think. He just needs a bit more time to work on that squad. They have got a decent team there, but, you know, keeping the fans um, on board is the... Is the most sensible thing to do at this stage. He
1: actually said something which made me laugh for the first time in about ten years as well, Mourinho. Oh, really? He said they asked him about the plane banner, yeah. And he said, oh, "I don't look up during games unless I need some help," as if he's talking about he oh, needed help, he, he help oh, right. from it. And he was <laughs> actually <laughs> funny for, for the first time I think since that first spell at Chelsea. So yeah. Well,
2: Mate, this is the Mourinho we yes? want back. This is the, yeah, yeah, we don't <laughs> want the miserable Jose. What yeah. a nice uh, Jose. He's gonna, you know, he's 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 already made it clear that his mission is not against Pep this season. It's against Jurgen Klopp. Um, yeah. The two of them are having <laughs> crosswords with each other, but I really easy. He? <laughs> what he's doing in all of this is to try and keep United fans sweet because, all right, let's have a go at Liverpool, our rivals, and they also saying City are not our rivals. Yeah. And by doing things like that, is is a sensible strategy. So, yeah, let's hope let's hope that we see a, a revived Jose after the international break. Yeah. Okay, we're just going to have a very quick advert now,
0: uh, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking Arsenal, we're going to have a little look at Chelsea, and I'm um, sorry Matty, we're going to talk a little bit about West Ham as well, and see what's coming around for them, so uh, we'll be back in about 30 seconds time. Welcome back to the Mirror Football Podcast, um, as I said, we're going to go straight on to Arsenal now, uh, Arsenal, two wins out of two. They've got the, the big boys out of the way. They're starting winning. It's happy days for you now, Marino.
1: Yeah, good game, wasn't it, Cardiff? Good win. Um, they didn't look completely solid, did they? And, and I think they might find themselves kind of out on their own in terms of conceding two goals to Cardiff. I don't think many teams are going to do that. <laughs> They've not scored all season. No. Uh, but they scored three, and that's the crucial thing. And, and I think um, it was good to see Banyang and Lacazette start together. I think I think that's the key for them going Arsenal forward. the
0: fans were desperate to see that, and it they? worked. Yeah, it worked,
2: and they were great together. Yeah.
0: They were.
1: Um, obviously, the, the issues are at the back. Um, I don't think Petr Cech likes the ball at his feet, does he? Uh, he's not comfortable when it comes to him. Uh, I've got a theory that I think I think Emery might just be doing this until it becomes obvious that he has to drop him, yeah. um, and he's you know he's almost giving Cech enough. Enough rope to hang himself if you like. He's just letting him, letting him sort of do it until, to, to avoid the awkward conversation of sorry, Petter you're holding useless now. Surely, if you're a manager,
0: um, you need to be bold enough from the front and, and, and back as And, if, and if, yeah. if, if, if in the long-term memory, he's thinking, I need Burnt Leno in net. Just do it. I just wonder
1: if Czech's got a bit of sway in that dressing room. He's a he's a leader, isn't he? He's a, he's an experienced player.
0: Surely that's exactly what Joe Hart was at Manchester City when Pep Guardiola yeah. came he's, and He just came in and went,
2: "You're out. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm not having this." Yeah. Um, so, but me. he's not. He's not comfortable playing that style of football, and got away with a couple of rickets though I would say, yeah. particularly in the first half, where he, you know played it straight into the Cardiff striker. But so, on, the, on the opposite
1: side of this is as we're seeing with a few other teams at the minute, new signings. Uh, they're not being played. you'd think of Fabinho at Liverpool not getting a game now they're get they're training up in the, the methods of the coach can't they on, on the training ground now maybe that's what Leno's doing to the point where yeah, you know, give, him, right. give him a couple of months of understanding this game so by the time he comes in he'll be really on it
2: because yeah. it is a different like we've said before the intensity of the Premier League is a different beast to anything these new players coming in have encountered elsewhere so it does take time to settle in and, and you'd rather that than alright oh well we're not having him he's not good enough and I think you will see these players like Fabinho and, and Leno across the season. But it's the fans just got to be a little bit patient to see mm. Yeah, uh,
0: but winning ways for Arsenal anyway. I mean, that's that's yeah. the, that, that, that's, of that's, what, that's what they needed at the end of the day. And away yeah. from home.
2: You know, their yeah. fans are singing, you know, how rubbish my shoe be, <laughs> we're winning away. Yeah. Because last season they were so wretched away from home. So yeah. very good win, two on the bounce. And I think Arsenal start to look up. Yeah, yeah, I think really
1: important to get that winner after it went to two two as well because I think had it gone, had it finished two two, or even had it been two two going towards the end of the game, those Arsenal fans would have been thinking back to last season and the manner that they lost matches like that. To get the winner though, great goal as well from Lacazette, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, um, and the final
2: point I think on Arsenal is that they showed a real sense of togetherness when they were celebrating their goals. You know, all the team around each other, and it looks like they're actually they're, they're a team. They, yeah. And it just showed it by the way that they fought back to win. Yeah, 3-2. Yeah, uh, they look like they're
0: enjoying themselves anyway, so that's good. Uh, another London team is enjoying themselves is Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea, I mean, I don't really know what to say about Chelsea at the moment because they're just getting on with it. They're staying under the radar. I'd say beware I'm, of them. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Sarri, Hazard, all the the big names that will be going, actually, we, we quite like this, kind of just literally slipping yeah, under wonder the radar. If,
1: you wonder if um, if things are just sort of quietly clicking, really. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think they've been good. They've they've uh, been very quick to get used to the new manager. When you think that the new manager didn't come in until pre- preseason started, didn't they? they? No the manager were... was training for training yeah, before. yeah. Him, was it? I'm sure yeah. there was a point where they had two managers. They, they were probably sitting opposite desks or something in the in the in the, the, the uh, in the office. But um, yeah, they've not obviously. I mean, they played Arsenal, but it was an Arsenal team that that kind of let them through a couple of times, didn't they? And then the other victories they've had haven't been the toughest ones, but they've got the job done. Hazard looks like he's clicking into gear now. Um, one man that Sarri pointed out at the weekend for, for praise was uh, Marcus Alonso, and I think he's been fantastic. Really, really good player. Yeah. Um, and he was he was someone who I think people thought might struggle with Conte going out because obviously he would play left wing-back, wouldn't he, and bombing into the box. But he's doing that from left-back. Yeah, now.
0: but I mean, that, that was the point I was I was just about to make. I was say, I... I, like little things I didn't put him in my fantasy football team just because I yeah. thought uh, Sarri's formation will be more about the midfield creativity as opposed to the full backs bombing on and, but i am proven me completely wrong anyway yeah, he, exactly what excellent. do we know but, <laughs> yeah.
2: um, what Chelsea have done they look like the team who've had a huge weight lifted off their shoulders they look like a team who are playing and enjoying football again but they've still got the players there who are the, the players that were good last season, like Kante you know the way he works back and intercepts Trouble and danger. It's superb. And he's still getting that of problems. David Luiz, again, he was another player who got lucky. Callum Wilson really should have taken advantage in the first half. Mm. There were moments there where Chelsea, they're still not quite complete. And against Newcastle, they wasn't quite complete either. But look, they're doing the job and they're getting, they're getting results. So they're making it... They're making it, making a fist of it. And I think come um, top four, they they'll definitely be in there. Yeah. The way they're playing at the moment. So, um, it's just whether they can sustain that. I still think they've got some issues in attack. I yeah. don't quite fancy their chances in the big games sometimes. Well, that's but.
1: it, yeah. I think those big ones are going to start to come around. They've got Liverpool in of September, which will be a yeah. big one. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they get on against the bigger sides.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I almost compare this early Chelsea to early Pep Guardiola Manchester City in the fact that centre-backs are probably... Not at the level you'd want them to be, but they're mm. getting by. They're making mistakes, but they're getting yeah. by. Yeah. But City always had Sergio Aguero up top. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Chelsea don't have th- that figure, that twenty Premier League goal a season. No, they're relying um, on a,
1: more Amorata, aren't they? This time, um, and you'd think he would give more because he didn't give a lot last season, did he? Um, getting in Jorginho was key for Sarri. Um, because he, Jorginho is literally his brain on the pitch, isn't he? And, yeah. and I think having him there, had he had not got him, I think it could have been a more sticky start for him, but having him there is this, you know, he's, he's got his influence there. Um, but as I say, the bigger tests are to come, but as with Liverpool, four wins out of four, you can't, you can't have a go here, can you? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, we're going to now move to East London. Uh, I'm sorry, Matty. Um, the sound of the door closing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like that's... Um, West Ham, no points. No. Or, or, as you said in the office no, earlier, what? there are four teams in the Premier League with 100% record. It just happens that West Ham are one of them and it's not the 100% record yeah. that you
2: uh, particularly want. Um, I'm not laughing now, am I? No. Uh, what's what's going wrong? What's going wrong? Um, well, there's, there's lots of things that are not going right. That's, that's, that's for starters. Um, West Ham had a difficult start to the season um, against Liverpool. That was always going to be a write-off. But it's games like Bournemouth, games like... Wolves that you must win at home. You can't afford to lose those games. And Wolves were excellent. I've got to give them credit. The two boys in midfield, Matinho and Ruben Neves, absolute class. Then you've got the pace of Traore coming on. And Wolves just had a game plan. They were well drilled. They were organised. They had intensity. West Ham had none of those things. You know, they, they they showed very little. The basics they didn't apply. Very effortless. And it looked like a team of individuals, not, not a team. There were moments even before Wolf scored, where players were arguing with each other on the pitch. And, you know, we just entered September. They're, they're arguing already, there's some real problems. So it looked to me that they still don't quite know what system they're playing. Pellegrini doesn't know his best 11 yet. And the last West Ham manager to lose his first four games in charge was certain Avram Grant, and we all know that didn't end too well. So I'm a bit worried, and I think even the players are worried. That, you know, Aaron Cresswell coming out after the game said, you know, this is terrible. He said, we've got to do better. They've had two months to work with each other. So that you can't say, oh, we haven't had time to work with each other. They've got the players, they've got the signings in early. Yeah. This is not a team that's been thrown together overnight. So comes, for me, as a question of commitment and desire. Westland players need to show a bit more. And are they fit enough? We're not sure at a minute because looking at the running stats, they're the third worst in the Premier League at a minute. Yeah.
0: Um, is there doubt over Manuel Pellegrini? Because obviously with the Premier League sacking culture, as there is with, with, with managers, managers go go early. At this point last season, after four games, Palace uh, sacked De um, yeah. Boer. That was after four games last yeah. season. I know everyone's going, Jesus, it's really, really premature. Is it edging already with West Ham to the point where a is- change might be? actually be the right option
2: he's not under any immediate threat of danger and let's not forget he signed a three year contract and, and he got his the whole backroom staffs changed he's even brought in a director of football so everything's geared towards having Manuel Pellegrini in charge so I don't think he's in immediate danger but we know you know like you say football's a results driven business and if he's not delivering results West Ham's next three games are Everton away Chelsea at home Manchester United at home they could go into October without a single point if they don't win those games. So I, think, right. I think it's what Palace and, did, and, and, wasn't it? Palace got to seven, and yeah, them seven
0: then finally got a mad result against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. Maybe that could. Be, maybe the Chelsea yeah. game. Yeah. Could be who your, knows? Your, your who knows? Point.
2: But the point is, there's got to be one moment where you go, "Hang on a minute, something's not right here," because it's not the fans who start to worry about. it. It's the players. The players, if they're mm. not having a manager, if the, the ideas are not clicking in training, and it's not coming onto the pitch come match day. There's a problem, and you can only say, "Look, how long are we going to let this go for?" There's 38 games in the season, so long way to go yet. And I don't think West Ham will be in any trouble. I think they're going to have a very tough opening starts to the season, but I think it will change somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think I'll get out of it as well. Um, I think what you said there about the individuals is the key, because there there are lots of players there who are finding their feet, aren't they? Not just at West Ham, but in English football as well. Um, and it's it is a difficult place to be. Um, Pellegrini is an interesting one because he's not used to this other end of the table, is he? He's, he's used to he's used to challenging for things at the top, um, but I think eventually it'll smooth out. And all right, yeah, there might still be defeats to come, um, you know, in those next few games you mentioned. But I can that West Ham team has got a run of four or five wins in them as well. I think um, they just need to find a bit of they need to find the right team, need to find the right chemistry there. Um, just need there needs to be, the way it looks to me is that there's a lot of players there who are doing the safe things at the minute because perhaps they're getting used to their environment or whatever like that. Just having that sort of killer instinct that you saw from when Wolves got that winner, just you know taking their chance, going for true, He's rapid, isn't he? And he just got on the end of it. And another thing, West Ham miss is kind of pace as well. So to be honest, so um, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. yeah so, uh, I so sp- yeah. Despite. <laughs> so, <to>, <laughs> Four defeats, a uh, little bit of positivity there uh, for West Ham. Although that fixture list, we have got to say, is dying, no, uh, it's, just, it's, just daunting it, it, for the next three. Look,
2: it doesn't look good, but yeah, you want to be positive and, and hopefully... That, that West Ham have been associated with drama ever since they've moved to Stratford. Yeah. and I think there's a few more episodes of Dim and Gloom yet, but <laughs> hopefully somewhere there'll be a silver lining.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd love to see a like a fly on the wall documentary, a bit like the Manchester one <laughs> at West Ham, Kay. just to compare the two clubs. Because you probably get, too it's, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, it's,
1: it's too early to panic. Yeah. Um, the clocks go back in late October, and that's normally Sam Allardyce's time. So um, <laughs> that's, when, that's when the Allardyce bat signal will go up. But
2: they're fine for now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, happy days for West Ham, ish.
2: Almost or eventually. They're not, they're not happy days. they're, they're very miserable. That's why I come into work now miserable every day (laughs) until we start winning. Then it's happy days. But yeah, I think what I would say is it's not time to panic just yet, but they need to realize that if they don't pull their finger out, then they are going to be in real trouble. Those players need to realize that they're in danger if they don't turn it around. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, before we finish on this podcast, uh, I was going to give a little mention to the old firm Derby. Um, Go I mean, on, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. watched it. I did.
2: Yeah, and all I had was my ten-year-old son complaining, saying it was so boring. Turn it over. <laughs> I can uh, tell you, it what, I, was dreadful.
0: It it was, and I'm, I'm still I'm, some
2: I'm, decent tackles being yeah, thrown around, yeah. which I
0: like. Yeah. But, but it wasn't exciting. Celtic should have Should so to get
1: the bar about five times, is not
0: it? Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm really sorry if there are some obviously Scottish football loyalists listening to this podcast, and uh, but. It the thing is, I don't, dreadful, I, don't think, I don't think, by saying by saying it's
1: a bad game, I don't think we're criticizing Scottish football. I think we're just criticizing the level of that fixture because yeah. you had you had rain, you had a Rangers team that I think knew they were limited in their ability to attack Celtic, and you had a Celtic team who were clearly the better side, and it was you know it was one it was almost attack against defense. Yeah. I've seen some games earlier this season that were really good games, uh, Scottish teams. Um, we won the other week uh, Rangers Motherwell. Yeah. It was a yeah long, yeah we're long. not we're, we're not having to go at the quality of it. I just think. Um, Gerard went there with a very determined thing of not to lose and he, and he's, right. he's he's done that quite well so far he's got a, quite a solid team and he wasn't
2: battered was he like other Rangers managers have been in previous uh, again, years again and going
1: off of what we said before about Rafa Benitez going to City not wanting to get hammered mm. Gerard would have had the same thing just don't yeah. get hammered
2: yeah uh, little
0: counterpoint he said we weren't criticising the, the quality of the football I, I, meant, I meant in can, general not the game yeah I, I kind of have to because obviously, I, I the thing I noticed is that an old firm derby is normally feisty, it's the, it's the fans being close and tense, and it's yeah, you know, so yeah, these like talk about horrible atmospheres in a way, but that's yeah. what makes you love uh, the old firm, yeah. But obviously, there was only 800 fans there stuck up in the gods at Celtic Park, mm. and with you kind of lost a bit of the atmosphere, and I think that kind of you could feel it on the pitch and it just didn't feel like it had the same bite to no. a standard Old Firm game. So from my, from my point of view I then started watching the football a little bit more and yeah. the quality yeah, and I've got to say I was really, is really interesting, disappointed.
1: interesting move isn't it the thing about the fans uh, it was Rangers who, who requested it initially um, Celtic weren't happy with it so there used to be I think 7,000 fans you yeah. could take from both sides. Um, it's been severely reduced to 800 because of various incidents that have gone on yeah. I've currently, uh, i currently have
0: currently having my Twitter mentions uh, Celtic and Rangers fans arguing with each other because I, I put on a tweet making a similar point about the, the atmosphere and I've ended up with people asking about the reasons why now I'm just in threads of people just arguing that doesn't so that's sound all my Twitter like, mentions yeah, it. doesn't sound like Twitter I'm staying well out of it but I'm uh, I'm right in the middle of all of that at the moment um, But yeah, no, stay out uh, of it I don't get
1: involved in that sort of stuff
0: I, and I clearly just kind of j- dropped a seed and kind of watched them all dive towards with it Celtic and
1: Rangers fans what did you expect yeah I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> anyway
0: uh, but anyway uh, it's international break now um, it is yeah anyone happy about that
2: no anyone? no, um, no? <laughs> I was thought
1: I was thought West Ham fans are happy with it now yeah, yeah no, no.
2: I, I want Premier League football to stay on <laughs> I don't want to see the good thing about this international break is that got the UEFA Nations League which is a new concept right. um, have you got any idea what is going on in the UEFA Nations League yet yeah, I think we had this conversation the other day, didn't we? Where yeah, I'd won it on Football Manager. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so, so we did. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I think I, I still don't. They put don't the best against it. the best, and then it yeah. works out that they play yeah. a semi-final, and it's just loser it's goes into
1: Eurovision. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, Euro- Eurovision. Yeah, and then <laughs> I think after that you go in to X Factor. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah,
2: no. I think what what I would say is it's an interesting one that for England particularly kind of. Look, there's there's an endpoint to this, all right. Mm-hmm. So you are playing friendly, so to speak, but it's still tournament football because it's a knockout process. And going into the Euro 2020, the next big tournament, in between, England could win a trophy. So it, what it does, it sort of keeps that squad together and a mentality of look, there's something to work towards here. So mm-hmm. I'm quite intrigued to see how it unfolds, and I think it will be good for for international football in, in mm-hmm. Europe. And it's come at a good time for the England squad off the back of the World Cup and um, as they go into hosting their next major tournament, which is great.
0: Yeah, Um, I've got to say, I'm actually quite looking forward to the international break. Probably still a little bit of a World Cup hangover. Uh, I do want to see this England team again. Not just a regular hangover? Uh, Not just the (laughs) regular hangover, which I suffer from. Far too regularly. Uh, But, you know, it's just a... um, I'm happy. I'm happy to see England play again and kind of forget about all the politics that's around the Premier League all the Jose Mourinho outbursts and things like that. International football is more just about the football. It does. And England um, is... I have a feel-good factor about it. It does and seem... I'm, I'm looking
1: forward to it. It does seem five minutes since the uh, World Cup, doesn't it? If it, like, When, when England, England went out against, against Croatia and I think everyone kind of had this collective sort of breath after being enthralled by, myself included, being enthralled by, by what they did over the summer. Um... It's a good test for them. They've got Spain, haven't they, coming up? Um, so Spain and Switzerland, yeah. So it'll be it'll be um, interesting to see how they get on. It's going to be a lot of the same players, obviously, that we saw in the summer. Um, they're building the nucleus of, of something there, aren't they? Uh, and and if you can take these into matches that are competitive by their nature, then um, you are going to see a a good sort of evolution of the team, if you like. And um, and yeah, Spain's a good good one first up, I think, for them because. Obviously we know all their quality and and, and but we also know that many of that England got further than them in the World Cup. So um they can they They've can got take be they? they have got a new manager, he's made some interesting changes as well,
2: so um it'll be an interesting game. Yeah. What I will say though is that my issue with it is it stifles the momentum going into the season. Like yeah. we we've yeah. sort of we're all in Premier League mode, we're enjoying it. I'm
0: suggesting that West Ham have momentum. <laughs> yeah, well, they have. They've <laughs> lost four on the spin. Yeah, right, true. Um, so there's
2: consistency there. But, yeah, what what it does do is it gives teams like West Ham United the opportunity to have a bit of a breather and go, right, what is it going wrong? We all know. But other teams like Manchester United, it gives those players a bit of a break. And I think Sanchez hasn't gone up to the Chile squad this time. True, so yeah. good time for him to spend a bit more uh, time with with Jose Mourinho on the training ground. So there are clubs that will benefit from this, but then there could be losers to it as well. Yeah. And particularly it's the big clubs that sort of tend to worry more during the international breaks because their players tend to get played probably yeah. more than they should do. Well, because I still mm-hmm. think that players are in pre-season mode at the minute. Yeah. You know, they haven't had a long pre-season, particularly this year, yeah. after the World Cup. So I think those managers who have held back the bulk of their squads will be certainly more satisfied than the rest. It's interesting, yeah. the
1: first fixture back in when the Premier League resumes early Saturday kickoff is Spurs against Liverpool. Now, those are two teams that we know that when they're on the day, will just run all day. And I wonder how, how much it would take out of both teams that their, their yeah. players have been away. And, and it could become a battle of which teams players have not travelled as for you know, other sort yeah. of stuff in terms of the intensity that you, yeah. you'll see from both.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously look at the likes of Harry Kane as well. They obviously only had, what, two weeks off after the World Cup before he's straight back in it with Tottenham. Mm. If he plays another 180 minutes over the international break, it could have been the ideal time for him to to, to get a break. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I
1: mean, I'm presuming, I don't actually know, but with these Nations League matches, Nations Cup matches, the fact that they're competitive means fewer substitutions, I thought. So um, you're not having as many... You know, as as, as you get getting friendly, so players get more minutes. I don't know. Maybe just, yeah,
0: I don't know the I don't know the exact rules. Um, we are going to talk more about the UEFA Nations again. We'll find out on, the rules and come on, uh, back. Yeah, yeah on, on the podcast later this week as we preview the England game in full. Uh, just quickly, these fixtures though: um, Wales play Republic of Ireland, will be particularly interesting. That's in League B, uh, the second tier of international football, which seems weird to say. Um, also on here, a few interesting one: uh, Germany France on on Thursday. Uh, Thursday night that'll that'll be interesting Um, England Spain obviously is Saturday night as well Uh, Northern Ireland also play on Saturday uh, against Bosnia and Herzegovina just about got that one right um, and then I think it's friendlies I think I think it's friendlies there's a mixture
1: that's isn't there uh, I know Wales are playing two Nations League matches they're playing Denmark as well
2: that's right
0: oh oh I, yeah this is the fixture that's in yeah, might the, be the a adult.
1: strange Denmark team yeah which yeah. we'll talk about another time
0: yeah but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later in the week uh, when we come back uh, but thank you for listening everyone uh, Jonesy thank you Matty thank you uh, appreciate you coming on um, if you don't subscribe to us already on the Mirror Football Podcast you can get us on iTunes you can get us on Spotify you can get us on Acast or wherever you get your podcast from Uh, as per normal Uh, as I say we'll be back later in the week uh, talking international football and the UEFA Nations League uh, looking ahead to England's game and the others Uh, but until then we'll see you next time